This Week in Retronauts. Why must we fight? Shut Shut up. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another lovely episode of Retronauts, um, the official podcast that talks about old games. Actually, are we official? I don't think we're actually. Uh, We're completely unauthorized. Okay, we're the bootleg podcast talking about old games. We are the dindy of podcasts. How's that for a reference? Um, I'm hosting this week. I'm Jeremy Parrish, and with me here we have, as usual, Bob Mackey. Hi, everybody. But also... We're talking about Mega Man this week, and we have two people here from Capcom. You are the creators of Mega Man, is that right? <laughs> I can't believe it's true, man. It's 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 an honor. He's creator, yourself. I'm president. President. Uh, wow, <laughs> I can get in touch with the president of Old Games to get this official. By the way, <laughs> great, uh, great. Consider it done. Consider it done. And you are uh, Brett Elston. Hello, and Greg Moore. Also, hello. And they are here this week to help us talk about Mega Man, even though they have not to my knowledge, created Mega Man games themselves. We've not. Mm. And you're not really speaking in an official capacity for Capcom, right? Kind of, but not really. Kind of uh, are. We yeah. kind of always are. So yeah, we can, we like can hold not. your toes over the fire. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can we? Can you? Uh, yeah. Scour I mean, Twitter. We're here partly uh, as Mega Man fans to talk about the old games, um, but then no matter where you go, you are always on the record. So Yeah. Right. Well, and also you're here to talk a little bit about a Mega Man project. We can talk about that later. But sure. That was not um, something that was uh, contrived. It was a coincidence. I wanted to do a Mega Man podcast because we haven't done one with this kind of current run of Retronauts. Mm-hmm. So I thought it might be nice to revisit the topic. So I reached out to Brett because we're pals and I know he likes Mega Man games. And it turns out Brett knew some stuff about some things and was like, hey, we should talk about this too. Did so you call them secrets? Yes, some stuff about some things that are secret. So, uh, yeah, if you happen to be joining us from Capcom's Twitter or whatever, welcome. I hope you'll listen to some other Retronauts episodes. We talk about things besides Mega Man. Do it. And if you're listening to us per usual, um, this podcast is a little outside of our regular regular sequence of uh, releases, but that's because of timing for cool secrets and stuff. So why don't we roll on in to the podcast? Mega Man. What is Mega Man? Who is Mega Man? Uh, I was going to try to do a miserable pile of secrets line, <laughs> but a mega pile of secrets. I'm going to say <laughs> someone finally put a shirt on Astro Boy mm-hmm. and made, him, made him acceptable. <laughs> he doesn't. They took away the the butt machine gun. That is though. true. That was it's, never one of his powers. That really so. needs to be like a power in a future Mega Man game. It was almost kind of around floor and, ten. I'm pretty sure. So. Hmm. It's what? What? That's, that's, not, for. that's not true. See, I can't even joke. Even when it's a joke, it's like, really? Oh. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that true? No. Mega Man President Brett Elston says. <laughs> I was elected. I can't help it. Actually, I guess 
I took office. Uh, I'll leave this analogy on the floor. Blaming the people <laughs> once again. All right. Actually, in this episode, we're going to talk specifically about the classic Mega Man series and the Legends series, mm-hmm. partly because um, that's what Brett and Greg can speak most to, and also because those are my favorites. So uh, we can Ooh. talk about the other games. I kind of feel like X, Zero, ZX all kind of are their own separate thing that are all closely related uh, mm-hmm. Classic yeah. and Legends kind of stand on their own as as distinct from those. They don't have the same sort of yeah. direct continuity. So anyway, Mega Man, classic action game series developed and produced by Capcom. Uh, the very first Mega Man game came out in 1987 for the NES. Mm-hmm. And uh, up until about 2010 or so, they were churning out about 20 of those a year. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, but I mean, the, the Mega Man series at its... Uh, peak proliferation uh, there were like four or five games coming out each year and actually sometimes mm-hmm. more than that in Japan mm. um, there, was, there was definitely a period where I remember like within within a five year span which for a lot of franchises would be a few releases uh, like somewhere in the mid mid early mid 2000s it was like right. all of them were running simultaneously mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah. Classic X Battle Network Zero Legends like they were all, all happening well, if you start with 2000, <laughs> if you start with 2000 and go to 2005. It's technically, he's right. See? Bam. Yeah. Okay, so after important. 2000, there was always the dangling hope of more legends, but never actually any mm. legends. It's still on yeah, the moon. I, I, I'm trying to think if, if there's any series that is has as many releases these days as Mega Man did like 10 years ago. Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> yeah, that's basically that or it. maybe the Neptunia games. But oh God. man, the the golf in quality. Where do you see Five Night mm. Battle Network, man? <laughs> That'd be great. I do want to see turn-based mechanics. <laughs> so um, yeah, anyway, the the original Mega Man um, really kind of came out of the the gate fully formed. It wasn't quite where the series would end up, but mm. did a damn good job, especially considering yeah. its vintage. Um, I, I don't know if you guys want to talk to this any, but the uh, the game was kind of unique because it was, if I'm not mistaken, Capcom's first internally developed console game. Hmm. Um, like an original console game developed at Capcom. Like, yeah, designed for the NES specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, they had been, a you know, Capcom was founded in 1983, I think, as an yes. arcade company. And they had, you know, started porting games to NES and maybe another platform or two around 1985 or so, but that was always kind of like done on the outside, you know, for uh, mm-hmm. by other middleware developer, you know, like Ghost House developers, Micronics or whatever. That NES Ghosts and Goblins, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks, puts, thanks to Crontendo, I know. the jank and janky. I know why it's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so, you know, for a while it was just the arcade games and then the, they kind of put together a studio inside and said, let's make original games for the NES, for the Famicom. Mm. And Mega Man was what they came up with. And according to uh, Keiji Inafune's um, speech last year at Game Developers Conference, mm. um, it was kind of like an untested team. The main, kind of the key developers on the, the original game were... Tokuro Fujiwara, who was kind of the closest thing they had to a veteran, he had worked on Ghost and Goblins and Bionic Commando, but he mm. was still he'd, he'd still only been in the industry or with the company for a couple of years. Um, and then there was Akira Kitamura, who was kind of the original lead designer on Mega Man, and then Keiji Inafune, who did a lot of the artwork and kind of converted uh, illustrations into bitmaps and vice versa. 
there were you know a few other people who worked on this the mm-hmm. game uh, Manami Matsumae the composer mm-hmm. a couple other people um, but it was really a small team like six people yeah. because that's how games were made back then just a small yeah. group of people yeah. there's actually a, a really good series of videos yeah. that Greg uh, I think you'll translate them or at least posted yeah. them yeah <clears throat> they they went so there's a there's still a Mega Man blog in Japan uh, that's officially run uh, by Capcom Japan it's called Rockman Unity. And uh, a few years ago, they put up uh, an interview with actually one of the guys you didn't mention. Tompon is his credit mm. in the mm. game. It's, his name is Tomida-san. And uh, he, it was broken up into like 16 parts, but it's, it's full of interesting little tidbits. He, he counted seven people on the original staff. Okay. I was one off. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. And you knew some names I hadn't <laughs> even heard. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool series, though, because he is like, like he was – in the trenches and has like a lot of fun anecdotes about like all nighters and what it was like working with a small team and the fact that he named all the enemies and how he came up with some of those names. It's just like a really fun candid yeah. interview uh, where they're just joking around and, and sharing some stories. Weren't there, I um, wish other... I had known about that before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't there other names for Rockman, as he was called, before Rockman? Like, was it like Rainbow Man? I'd always like heard that? Rainbow yeah, Man, but the... that's one of those things where, like, I don't know if we all just uh, mass-delusioned it like, and agreed that that was true or if that actually happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, information about the series has come out in so many little dribs and drabs. Yeah. You know, like, anytime Inafune gives an interview, there's, like, one little tidbit that's new. Um or you know, there's there's various books, mm-hmm. some of which haven't been translated. Mm-hmm. It's all uh, it's all kind of scattered. But but basically, um, what Inafune said last year at, at GDC was that the uh, the console development division was all kind of separate from the main company, like you know, in a different building or whatever. And um, basically, they were kind of like the oh yeah, it's those guys over there who really cares about them. Sort of the like they they weren't the the superstars. The arcade division was really where the money was at. Yeah, so no doubt. they they kind of had their own freedom to just do what they wanted. And what they wanted was to create this character action game um, that was really pretty different from other NES games at the time. For one thing, it it was really solid um, in terms of programming and and visuals. It had a unique dis, uh, graphical style with lots mm-hmm. of like big cartoony eyes and these like super cute robots that you were blowing up but everything still looked a little menacing uh, mm-hmm. even though they had bug eyes yeah like very expressive like the thing that always got me even as a kid was like even little things like Mega Man blinking mm-hmm. as an idle animation before the word idle animation was really a thing it was <laughs> yeah. like wow the character blinks like even as, as a seven year old that's all you need to communicate oh that's a real thing it blinked mm-hmm. and he opens his mouth when he jumps too yeah it's like, like those <laughs> little tiny touches that no one else was doing yeah yeah the, the, the little uh, uh, design touches on on Mega Man's sprite really made him great. Like the way he kind of holds out one arm and holds the other oh, arm yeah. up as he jumps, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, it's just a it was just a really nicely designed little platform game. And at the same time, uh, it it took a different approach to its structure by allowing you to tackle any of the first six mm. levels in any order, which I still don't know of any game before that hmm. that took that approach. Games tended to be very linear if they were action games or if they were RPGs, they tended to be kind of like, where do I go? Yeah. And um, this, you know, this gave you that sort of freedom and the game wasn't perfectly balanced, but it was still pretty thoughtful in terms of um, saying, well, you know, when you complete a level, you get a weapon hmm. and let's try to figure out ways to make those weapons useful throughout the game. Uh, the later games would definitely do a better job of that, but there's still kind of a um, the the game kind of goes to lengths to give you hints about 
which weapon is best against each boss. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the the level, each each boss has a weakness, mm-hmm. kind of the rock paper scissors thing, hence Rockman. Um, and mm-hmm. within each level, there are usually um, some instances where you can use a, a boss's weakness to kind of get through the level. Like there will be certain enemies who are only vulnerable or most vul- vulnerable to that weapon, mm-hmm. or there will be obstacles that can only be broken away with that ability. So, um, yeah, so a lot of thought was kind of put into making a game that was flexible and that players could approach however they wanted, mm-hmm. um, but still make it challenging, not not too unfair, except in a few mm-hmm. instances. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after you've beaten those six levels, then like three more stages open up and they're they're linear, but you fight through those to fight the final boss. Yeah, it, it really just... I remember I didn't own it as a kid, but I remember renting it like before there was a Mega Man Two and before like Nintendo Power had that cover with the clay the clay models and all that and renting it and even in those brief moments just being like this is something special like being able to choose where you wanted to go and fighting these enemies that are like on the same level as you presumably like all a lot of the other action games at the time that I was into like Castlevania or the early well even just Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers just a game where you're running and jumping. Uh, it just seemed like much more of a world. Like these robots have mm-hmm. gone haywire and you have to stop them. But because they're not wacky robots, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this one cuts trees and this one builds buildings mm-hmm. and this one powers things. Like this – I want to watch a cartoon about this like right now. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, there, was, there was a good thought put into the way everything functioned. Yeah. That, that's something that I think kind of would be lost in later games as they just went crazy with the themes. But Centaur Man has a home, man. <laughs> the, pel- the, pel- the robot pelican that drops the robot fish <laughs> out of its robot mouth <laughs> always gets me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in the beginning, the idea was that, you know, these robots had been constructed by two scientists, and one of them turned evil and turned all the robots evil along with him except for Mega Man, and each robot had sort of a utility. They were made, you know, as as construction robots or as utility robots, and um, so everything kind of fit around that, and you had to fight through the world of Monsteropolis, is oh, what yeah. they called it in the American packaging. <laughs> so named in the early 20s when uh, <laughs> James and Margaret Monster founded the town. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, isn't that what they called the city in Monsters, Inc.? Wasn't it Monsteropolis? Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Monster Town, I don't probably. know. It sounds familiar. Oh, anyway. Um <laughs> Yeah, so so the thing about Mega Man when it came to the U.S., which was a very quick localization, it was almost simultaneous with the Japanese version as far as I've been able to find, uh, they gave it a really bad box, and it's become kind of like this this joke that's no longer funny anymore because it's overplayed. But um, it, like it's, it's hard to overstate the fact that that box was garbage, <laughs> and – I had played some Capcom games and knew to look for that sort of blue mm. grid, you know, the, the blue-black background with the, the neon grid on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, Capcom games are pretty cool, Commando and Trojan and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I saw that one and was like, man, I am not I am not going to touch that. That's a stupid <laughs> did, name and a stupid illustration. Did anyone ever track down that artist? Because the guy who did Mega Man 2 and a bunch of other covers from the time, he shows up at classic gaming conventions selling prints of that artwork. Mm. So I don't know if they ever found that guy. I don't think that guy wants to show off his work. <laughs> I think that guy was a child of someone and like, hey, here's a piece of poster board. Here's Mega Man. Put it together. You're good. I mean, you could you could make a case for Mega Man's original box art being an instance of like outsider art or naive art. But no, it's just – it's really bad. Yeah. It's not appropriate for – a product that a company wants to sell for money. (laughs) Like it, it, it doesn't convey the idea that you should spend cash, but 
when when Mega Man Two was profiled in Nintendo Power, and they mm-hmm. put those you know screenshots of really big, crazy looking robots that you had to fight, yeah. I said, okay. I need to play the first game before this comes out. So I managed to track down the last copy in town at a Walden software where it was marked down and was pleasantly surprised to discover that even though it looked idiotic on the box, (laughs) the game was actually really good. A lot of fun. Yeah. I remember encountering that box art and like for some reason it not deterring me. Like like I remember holding that in Trojan like in a rental store Hmm. And being like, yeah, this guy looks a little cooler. <laughs> I think we were just but, kind of inured to bad box art back then. Yeah. I mean, Mega Man was particularly bad, but everything yeah. else was also kind of bad. It just didn't make – like very little of it made sense or like – I guess I was used to like comic book covers that had no bearing on what was inside the right. comic. Yeah, and just yeah. being like, eh, whatever. And then later being like, wow, that's really bad. <laughs> like the full scope of it hitting me. I guess I was just a more discerning young man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true. I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't say like out loud, this is garbage. <laughs> but I do remember seeing it at Walmart or something mm. and thinking uh, just that it looked really <laughs> amateurish. And like it was something that I just instinctively avoided. Mm-hmm. And I think I bought Double Dragon instead. I don't know. Two tough guys. Two tough guys. Yeah, that did have great like, art, it, had, it had a really nice box. It was that art like is great. Bright red, and it was all airbrushed, like yeah. really well, you know, well modeled. Yeah, Man. illustrations. Like it was quality. Whereas Mega Man was like, <laughs> this person has never heard of perspective, yeah. anatomy, or <laughs> technique, um, or Mega Busters for that matter. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm trying to think when I felt. I think five is the first time I felt like fully okay with Mega Man's depiction on North America box art. Because three, yeah. both three and four are, are close, but still something with the face just seems a little off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and three, he's he's shooting Sparkman on the crotch, which yeah. just seems really. If you want to take him down, man, like that's the <laughs> that's fastest. That's the, yeah. the weakness. <laughs> he's going to take it personal. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, Brad. I think they like they took the anime art, but they then they airbrushed it to make it like more American-y, yeah. like how they airbrushed Disney VHS covers and stuff like that right. back then. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Mega Man Two at least had better technical illustration yeah, yeah. on the cover, um, even if it was kind of weird, like this sort of grown man in a, <laughs> yeah. uh, a jumpsuit in spandex. Yeah. Yeah, a motorcycle like, helmet. And then for some reason, Dr. Doctor Light is like, go yeah. get him my evil robots. <laughs> yeah. That's not canon. <laughs> that's, that's another, I remember like seeing that as a kid, like getting that and being so stoked about Mega Man 2 just in general because Nintendo Power helped that hype machine in, in America, but like Seeing that and, and again, seeing Dr. Light like pointing and being like, that's not the bad guy. And then just immediately like letting it go and moving on. Like I don't know why it didn't irk Weird. me more because today it would drive me nuts. Like if, that, yeah. if the same thing happened now, I'd be like, you guys, someone, who's going to pay for this? Well, today we'd have to answer to an army of fans about it. <laughs> well, here's how it happened. Am I the only one who didn't play Mega Man 1 first? I played Mega Man. Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, by okay. by the time I found out about Mega Man, it was it was all word of mouth, you know. So you kind of didn't even notice the box, especially if you were renting it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it was that same Mega Man Two uh, Nintendo Power spread you were talking about because in that they had the they had the manga artwork, yeah, the manga style artwork with like the very cartoony characters. I remember seeing. Oh like, no, the one I'm talking about and... is like the very first announcement. It was just two photos, oh, okay. and basically they took the two best looking robots in the in the game and were like, "Look, here's <laughs> the new game that's coming out." Oh, wasn't quite true. That's like yeah. the two exceptional bits of the game. But you know, whatever. It was still like the oh, whole like game Gus was good. For, and the, yeah, the yeah. dragon. Yeah, they had a gloriously hideous spread of like this white and yeah, white, I remember that green and yellow with like black text yeah. over it. It's like a web page from ten years later kind of <laughs> setup. I remember it 
leading to a fold-out poster of Mega Man 2 and then the next thing being Fizanadu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I would, like, forever, Fizanadu is, like, next in my head of, like, <laughs> the game that's after the Mega Man 2 Nintendo Power cover. Hmm. And I never really got into it. <laughs> I'll save that for the for the Zan- for the Xanadu podcast. So right. so starting out with Mega Man Two, was it hard to go back to Mega Man One? It was, yeah. I mean, uh, it was still playable, but I think Mega Man Two refined enough things mm-hmm. and cut out some of the unfair parts of Mega Man One, um, which I think were just due to people learning how to make that kind of a game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I never finished Mega Man One. It's I think it's a very hard game actually. Like those Wily stages are a yeah. real pain. So yeah. I've been playing it a lot again lately for the game we'll be talking about later, the Legacy Collection. But like. It's the build at my desk, like trying to re like reacquaint myself with Mega Man One because we Greg and I streamed all of them back in 2012, yeah. and that was the last time I'd beaten it. And I was like, you know, I never really felt like proficient at it. And playing through it again, I'm like, I can breeze through those Robot Master stages pretty quick, and then I get to the Wily stages, and I'm like. Three big guys in a row, like really yeah, these yeah. unpredictable <laughs> things that hit you for a third of your well, life. At that point, and, you have the ice slasher, yeah. so you can freeze them in midair. You can. I just still feel like there's that third one that I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> every time I feel like I'm rolling the dice. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. And when you die in Mega Man 1's Wily stages, don't you go back to the first one if you lose no, all your no, lives? No, 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 no. Okay, no. this is not a Ninja Gaiden style. No, like, no, okay. no, not, not that. No, no one, no one except Ninja Gaiden was that big an asshole. <laughs> that was a mistake <laughs> that they kept, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing that always gets me is, is the jump physics or just the sliding like his momentum is a little off yeah. in just in Mega Man 1 yeah and and when you land the, I mean the best example of it being like not totally refined is the Iceman stage with the mm-hmm. floating platforms uh, yeah. where you can mm-hmm. actually just be standing there and glitch through and the platforms totally clip through mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, it's just at this point it's so burned into my expectations that I'm like oh I just use a magnet beam and go mm-hmm. over this thing and yeah I mean I've, I've done certain things in the game um, the proper way just to prove that I can <laughs> yeah like the the yellow devil fight. Oh yeah, I love that fight. Um, I mean, you know, you you played enough and you learned the pattern, and yep. then it's not that hard. But like the first time you get to that, you fought yeah. through this really difficult stage, and all of a sudden this thing <laughs> comes flying onto the screen <laughs> yeah. in little chunks, and you're like, "What? What's happening?" And there's no <laughs> yeah. time to react. You, like you have to memorize the pattern to yeah. be able to avoid it. Yeah. And then it's it materializes for like two seconds, fires a shot at you and starts flying across the room again. You have a chance to jump up and shoot it once and it's shooting at you as you're jumping. Yeah. And only <laughs> that is it's, the, the yeah. precise weapon to, to figure out which weapon to use against it. And uh, that part breaks me. It's a great scene. So tense. It is a great one. That's an example. It's, it's like, really unfair. Like I've, I've beaten it through sheer tenacity and also through cheating, <laughs> but the, like where it is in the game and how it's presented, just like that's the kind of thing that video games would not do now because it's mm-hmm. really jerkish. Mm-hmm. Even Dark Souls wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> struggle to get there. And then I do feel like there's areas of Dark Souls where you're like running all the way through the gutter or something or Black Gulch or whatever that thing is. And then to get to who cares? <laughs> who cares? It is a gauntlet of pain. <laughs> Um, but no, that, that is the Yellow Devil is a great example of another thing that it and two did very early on was these big sh- like set piece sprites yeah. like dis- mm-hmm. backgrounds disguised as enemies and mm-hmm. and it be- basically seemed like magic at the time mm-hmm. of like why can this game do this huge boss mm-hmm. when nothing else like 
In, it blew my mind. In that interview that I was talking about earlier, um, he talks about – they asked him what is, you know, something he's particularly proud of creating in 1 and 2. And he's like, so you remember Mecha Dragon? They're like, oh, yeah, who could forget? And he's like, well, not Mecha Dragon himself, but the blocks that you stand on during that fight. <laughs> I'm really proud of that because since Mecha Dragon is actually a background and not a sprite, uh, we – we only had one color to use to create the actual platforms, and they tasked me with creating these platforms that had a sense of texture and, and shadow using only one color, and they did it. Wow. Yeah. I never that. noticed that. It seems play that a lot part again. deeper, yeah. <laughs> There's a, I, I don't know if you guys have read the book I Am Error by Nathan Altis, which I'm is a, planning on it. Or yeah. Altis. Um, it's, yeah, it's just newly out. Uh, but it's a really great kind of technical and historical mm-hmm. breakdown of the NES, and there is a subchapter dedicated to the graphical tricks involved in creating the Mecha Dragon fight. Oh, nice. So it's uh, worth reading wow. uh, for all Mega Man fans. I do want to read that. I finished service games uh, recently and then bought uh, a Maestro Mario book about game music. I've never even heard of that one. Same. Yeah, it was on like one of the, oh, you read this, you might like this. And I'm like, mm. I like game music. Thank you, suggested. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of music, from the very start, Mega Man had great music. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at that point, uh, we were kind of talking about this in another episode, uh, talking about Metroid. I don't think that that episode will have aired by the time this comes out. But Ooh. like video game music was really simple kind of grading computer beeps and boops. Up until around the mid You got to put a a dollar in the beeps and boops jar. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what they sounded like. Yeah, yeah. It's not an exaggeration. It was like those, you know, like the PC speaker that can do Mm, five tones. Yeah. Um, And then around, you know, like the mid-80s, you started getting arcade games that would have better soundtracks, you know, Ghost and Goblins and Rolling Thunder, um, started, you know, doing all these good FM synthesis chip tunes. But it took a little while for consoles to get there. And Mega Man was one of the first really great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Metroid had a great soundtrack, and then yeah. Mega Man came along a few months later. And, like, each stage has its own theme. Then the Dr. Wily stages have two different themes. And there's a boss theme. There's an ending theme. Yeah. Like, it has a full suite of music. Like you can full, fill an album with this music. Yeah. And it's all great. Yep. I gotta ask, mm-hmm. uh, what what style do you think this music is? That like around Mega Man three got really bluesy, like that opening uh, mm-hmm. title theme. Mega Man three is like the darkest like yeah, thing yeah. I heard as a child. Like, oh man, <laughs> this is moody. Like, well, yeah. you know, it's funny you mentioned that. That's Mega Man three is where they introduce Blues, the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes and so much yeah. sense. His, yeah. his theme makes very. I think deliberate use of the blue note, ah. the blues scale, when he whistles. I'm glad there's no character named Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I would I would say the the first Mega Man's style was definitely rock. I mean, one of the, the Luck Man's theme is basically a journey. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I completely forgot about that. Um, but you know, rock as distilled through three notes of triangle and square waves. I would say the Wily stage, the first Wily stage in Mega Man One, is like right up there with like that Mega Man Three thing. Is like this depressing, like not depressing because Mega Man Three ends up being pretty uplifting. That that main it's like thing. Mellowed, mellow, mellow it's super. Or, yeah. It's super like melancholy and like weird. Like when I listen to it now, I remember being a kid and just being like, "Why am I like eight years old and sad?" Like 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 profoundly. Mega Man Two's ending did that to me. Oh, Mega Man Two! Dude. I legit cried and ran to my parents' room, <laughs> like yelling, "Mega Man died!" And they're like, oh, "And geez. they're like, what are you talking about?" And I'm like, "He's dead. His, his helmet's on the ground." And then they're like, he's fine. Put, put like, there, <laughs> <Reset>. see? <laughs> hey, oh, my God, he's back. 
I, the Capcom <laughs> music was the first music I remember there being like solos in, like oh. or bridges and things mm, like that. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. Mario had a bridge, but like there'd be a bridge and a solo, and then you go back to the main melody. It's like wow, just astounding. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of Capcom's trademark and Konami's trademark back in the NES days. Mm. You just knew if you put one of those games in your system, yeah. it was going to sound so good. Yeah. It also helped reinforce. I just the thing that endeared me to the series all, from the very beginning and to this day it was the Robot Masters. I have always been more a fan of the bosses than pretty much anything else about the Mega Man games. I think I think that is what makes them so fun for multiple reasons, but. Like the fact they have their own unique look, a theme stage, and a and a music. So you go, mm-hmm. oh, that's Bomb Man's theme. Whereas like, mm-hmm. what like a lot of other games, a, a boss you wouldn't really equate the stage with that theme. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, that's Ninja Gaiden Stage One theme. It's not Barbarian's mm-hmm. theme, right? Or or Kelberos theme. Yeah, yeah. It, it, even though the Kelberos. boss music, even though the bosses have their own music when you're fighting them, you never really think of like that. Oh, that's just the like battle theme or something. But like you go, oh, that's Guts Man. That's Cut Man. Um, mm-hmm. And that just made it, again, added to this richness that made me, like, just fall in love with it immediately. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier about the bosses being on the same level as you. Yeah. And that is something that really stands out about um, about Mega Man is that the enemies you're fighting, like the main enemies, yeah, there's, you know, the Mecha Dragon and the big kind of flashy super robots that, that mm-hmm. show up in the Wily stages and his mid-bosses in the later games. But the real bosses are all the same size as Mega Man. Yeah. Hmm. Like, it's it's very unusual for you to fight enemies that are your size, and they have the same amount of health, mm-hmm. and they can use the same weapons as Mega Man. Like, the whole point is you're taking their weapons to use yourself. So there is this kind of very unconventional one-on-one mm-hmm. mechanic. You Like, even now, you just don't see that, except maybe in, mm-hmm. like, you know, some kind of like Devil May Cry type yeah, game where there's like Virgil. yeah like it's you know it's it's kind of like this is the big showdown you fought all these big things sure but now here's someone who's really awesome and he's mm. just like you yeah. mm. I have to mention that's what happens in every Souls game like the hardest thing you'll fight <laughs> is, a, is another person or another, another person. humanoid yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, I'm obligated to bring but, up Soul Star. Uh, Brett are. did it first, though. So. I'm sorry. Actually, I did it first. Oh, damn. Okay. I I'm, think, I'm uh, off the hook then. I think. But yeah, Mega Man 2 took all of that and refined it. It, it dropped superfluous things like the scoring. Like, yeah. who cares about the score in Mega Man? That's not the point. The point right. is to beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the death of that, I guess? Like, the, the, for, like the for 80s and, and, well, and the 80s and, like, uh, arcades in general was, like, score, score, get points to get another credit. And then some of that transitioned over to consoles because it was like, oh, well, we got to have points, right? Yeah, and but then, I mean, there were there were games that got rid of points, like Zelda, Metroid. They didn't have they didn't true. have points. And Mega Man One had that little symbol you could pick up. It was like Capcom's like little pinwheel yeah, symbol. Oh, yeah, Is that yes. what it was called? Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't see that in any Capcom stuff anymore. I don't know if they've abandoned that or it was in Rear. Oh, okay. It's Strider also. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, it's games that deliberately kind of throw back to the eighties. I, I think see. Yeah. use that, but mm-hmm. um, if yeah, you pan all the yeah. way out of the Okami world map, it's a giant issue. Oh. You won't see that and remember me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the Yashichi was definitely like the kind of arcade mm-hmm. genre uh, Capcom thing. Um, 
but yeah, two two got rid of some things, and then it added a lot. It added two more bosses for the game, so it was eight instead of six, which made the weapon chain even more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave you more music themes, gave you more visual styles. It added more of those like kind of cool big sized robots instead of everything being mm-hmm. like tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the t- controls were tighter. Mega Man didn't like fall back uh, like a two blocks every time he took a hit, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it became that was really less annoying. frustrating. Did they also add underwater stages to this? Were, were yeah, they any? added okay, the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't know if I that mean, was there was, the there was water in the first one, but it didn't really yeah, affect how you control. I love yeah. how he controls underwater. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, starting with two, like if you hold down the jump button when you're underwater, you can go all the way to, like, to the top yeah. of the screen. Uh, I, st- I also loved uh, the two introduced, um, and like if I wasn't already like just a lifer fan at that point like seeing the turning it on watching that opening title screen with the inspirational pan up well, the building it's it's a reprise of the ending theme to yeah. the first game yeah. too so if you've just beaten the first game then you hear this sorry it's like that was amazing but then hitting start and uh, rather than just the boss sprites, they have profile images, like these boxes and like Quickman's uh, mm. boomerang is like actually poking out of mm-hmm. the frame. And it just felt like, wow, like so many little touches. Yeah. All these like, again, these bosses get prime real estate. They get the yeah. same the same like hierarchy as you, the player character. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> Two is still my favorite game of all time. It's up there for me, too. Um, I mean, I liked Mega Man a lot. But when I played two, I was just like. Everything about this is so good. It yep. still has some flaws. I mean, the metal blade makes everything way <laughs> too easy. It's it's actually more interesting now to play the game without getting the metal blade or without using it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stages are a little boring. I'm not a big fan of Crash Man. Um, the Wily and boss where you have to yeah, use the Crash Bomb. I was just about to say yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that yeah, stage, that, that boss is, is very badly designed. It's mm. a cool idea, but not a lot of leeway there. Mm. Right? Yeah, it, it gets to that thing of... Well, it happens a lot where you end up with no ammo left, and right. you're like, "Uh-oh, no time to die." <laughs> yeah, so it it has some some minor flaws, but I feel like everything it does well, it did well, just elevated it to another level, mm-hmm. and really more than compensates for the the shortcomings. It's it's such a great game, and really, it was just it just seems so far ahead of everything else on the NES mm-hmm. at that point. It was mm-hmm. it was more like, you know, it came out around the time that the uh, Turbo Graphics and the Genesis launched in America, and it mm. felt more like it belonged on those systems. Mm-hmm. The visuals were so rich; yeah. there was so much content to it. It was just so fun, so solid. It sounded mm-hmm. great too. When it came out, like it being like one of the first games that I remember, like people at school being excited, and when the first kid got it, like people, we all went to their house yeah. just to be like, "Wow, like, <laughs> there's a Mega Man two and like cuddled around and it was a black and white television. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we were fixated too like after this game we spent time like at recess creating robot bosses oh, for yeah. like years yeah. and mm-hmm. like we would pass that dragon picture around like it was pornography like hey check this out. You see this? That's an NES game. What? Yeah. Nani. <laughs> no, there was none of that. We weren't we weren't uh, weeaboos yet. Yeah. That, that that would come oh, in high coming. school, yeah. Later. We'll talk about legends in a bit. Um yeah, so so the great the great debate then is Mega Man two or Mega Man three. I definitely go with two. Speaking as a Capcom mm-hmm. representative, Brett, I like two more just because I like the it's not brevity, but the four things and then four Wily stages. I don't know three it didn't bother me, but when it was in four, five, and six, I think maybe retroactively, 
I got to this point where like I kind of like how two did it. There's there's more stuff than one, but less stuff than the rest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is this perfect. Oh, you're talking about the Doc Robot stages. Yeah, Doc Robot or Cossack uh, yeah. or Proto Man levels or that the Doc uh, Dark Man stuff. Like it, it always felt like two hit hit the mark perfectly hmm. for me. Like that that that's my sweet spot. As someone still very young when these happened, I remember I remember liking three a lot more only because you could do the you know the trick where oh, you, like, yeah, you hold on yep. hold up on controller two or whatever. Yeah, and you can jump out of pits. Mm-hmm. You know about this? Oh. And you can also super jump mm-hmm. just all the time. Uh, I don't know. It felt a little more polished all around. I don't know how cognizant I was of that as like an eight year old, but uh, it it felt like it just it it shone a little more. I remember mm. feeling that way. Now I. Four is actually my game of choice. I think. Oh wow! Yeah, Four. it was the one. Even <laughs> even as like an eight Nine. or nine year old, I remember scoffing. Uh, I was like, "Oh, they've jumped the shark." I mean, I didn't use that expression, but it was like Pharaoh Man. I gotta get like, this phrase to catch on. Yeah. <laughs> Where did well, Napalm Man fit into our lives? Shark Man was in the uh, that was uh, the high tech expression yeah. game, so that uh, really that really isn't appropriate. <laughs> let's turn a phrase here. Can you jump let's, him? <laughs> I don't think you can do anything in those games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bob, Bob, oh, sorry. For me, uh, three. I think <laughs> I had the most time with uh, two. Still didn't have, still didn't have everything I wanted, mm-hmm. and still had a few, you know, annoying issues like we brought up before. But I think three is the most playable from like a modern standpoint. I think mm-hmm. there's enough like safeguards built in. A lot of it feels like they give you more energy tanks and uh, things like that. But um, what I really like about it, and it just feels like content that doesn't need to be there, but I'm glad that it does, are those like, oh, we got the Mega Man 2 bosses in here too. We don't have mm. the sprites for them, but right. we can have their like the ghost fly into another robot and you can play another stage. It's kind of like a remix. Mm. And it was like one of those things where video games used to surprise you. Like you think it's over and right. then it's like, oh, there's a whole new game after this part. Yeah, so. yeah. I appreciate it a lot now as, as an adult, like seeing uh, just the economy of – of design like well we already have all the assets and the sprites and uh we're just gonna move them around and it'll feel like completely new levels and uh yeah you get get more games it's an opportunity to create um to iterate on design and to take things that you've dealt with but you know they had to they have to design all the the robot master stages with the assumption that you don't have any weapons at all when you play them they have to be able to be completed just with the you know the the buster the mm-hmm. the pea shooter, nice. um, so the the robot master or the the dock robot stages where they remixed four of the levels, Needleman and whoever else, um, that allowed them to say, okay, everyone will have skills by this point. They will have a full inventory of weapons, so we can really like kind of go expert level here. Mm. Um, so it, they're more like Mega Man one caliber challenges mm. in, in some senses, like really kind of tough, you know, things like uh, a bunch of needle presses coming in in sequence and you have to slide right, through yeah. it oh, and yeah, like yeah. control yourself as you slide. It's really tricky, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's some pretty good design. I, I still think personally for me, Mega Man 2 is a, a more tightly designed game overall. I'd um, agree with that. More and, and just more complete without overdoing it. I feel like Mega Man 3 is a little over-designed in places, and I don't mm. like the weapon selection as much. Mm. Um, it's, it's a great game. They're both great. I, I okay. personally like Mega Man 2 a little more, but Mega Man 3 is technically, you know, on a technical level, much better, like a really impressive game. I think that was the first mm. to use uh, an MMC3 three, MMC three chip. Mm. So mm. it had a lot more memory and kind of onboard uh, uh, data f- mm. space for extra sprites and graphical tricks and stuff. Mm. So it, it really, like, it really feels like it. 
Mm. I know I said my piece, but I do want to bring up the uh, the slide and rush yeah. for three. Those were two right. big things. I can't believe I just forgot when I was talking about it. So. Yeah. I don't like rush as much as the items. Items mm. one, two, and three. What? I think <laughs> rush is like Scooby Doo, and I hate Scooby Doo. I like <laughs> I like Rush's design. He's really cute. I like the Rush Agreed. Marine a lot. That's cool. I yeah. love it has no it has no good use in the game. Well, but. there's that one like Gemini Man, I think. That's the yeah. only place, yeah. I like taking it out of the water and just kind of like oh, yeah. hopping <laughs> helplessly in the submarine. It's really stupid. Yeah. That happened to me in uh, I think it's the X Advent. You, yeah, you turn into a whale, but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get on the water, you just flop around. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think three is the first three is the first one that I got like when it was new. Mm-hmm. So it was the first one that like I, I I felt like I was I wasn't catching up or I wasn't like two it was it was around when it was happening but I was mostly renting it whereas three it was actually like this is the first one I own and so it holds a special place but uh, I end up at the end of the day going with two in the in that specific matchup. So two had a Nintendo Power cover, three had a Nintendo Power mm-hmm. cover, four had a Nintendo, Nintendo Power cover. Did five and six were they just mm, kind of like so. I didn't think so. Yeah, Which, those were like SNES years, so maybe they're yeah. yeah. Six was one of the very last NES games like released in America. Ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, it was at the end of ninety three, I think. Okay. Yeah. And Which is Nintendo. Weird. Nintendo published it themselves because Capcom was probably like <laughs> yeah. NES, whatever. So like it was it was super deprecated. Like who cares about this NES game? Mm. I remember uh, when I graduated high school uh, and. Started working retail. I remember seeing still at like it was like ninety nine summer uh, sealed Mega Man sixes in <laughs> Toys R Us's mm-hmm. and being like along eh. with Zoda's Revenge, Zoda's Revenge, and uh, actually Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah, that's where I got mine when I was yeah. like in high school. That does, for 10 bucks. Yeah, that does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing a lot of like random like Castlevania Bloodlines, but like this weird era when like everyone just gave up on sixteen bit. And then inexplicably, there were 8-bit games laying around. Like, we got one day a random shipment of, like, still, like, completely sealed, like, 32Xs and Virtual Boys <laughs> into, like, 2001. And we're like, what? That was like uh, Best Buy was getting copies of Earthbound, like, oh. in giant pallets for, like, oh and they were God. selling for, like, $8. <laughs> oh, my good <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, I remember seeing a stack of those and $20 Panzer Dragoon sagas at Kmart. Oh, we all man. need time machines. Man, I tell you what. You can retire on that for one week. <laughs> So Greg, yes, defend Mega Man Four. Uh, so this is this is a <laughs> fairly recent revelation. It, it comes out of streaming all the games uh, each month a couple years ago, uh, and just playing them all back to back like that, I kind of felt like Four uh, was it had a breakthrough in fairness, which is that it lets you farm E tanks. Mm. I think this is the game where you keep your E tanks after you have a game over, so you can replay. I don't. I guess you can't pick up. Uh, E-tanks from the same places you got them before? I forget how that detail works, but you get to keep the ones that you had and then you can just amass a stockpile of them. Uh, And just like the balance overall in terms of difficulty felt uh, a lot better than uh, two because we we switched each month. So he did one, I did two, he did three, I did four. Um, And just some of the things you mentioned before about two, like the, the Crash Man... Or the the wily boss, we have to use the crash bombs. Uh, little 
moments like that where it just seems super unfair and you feel super discouraged from using the weapons that, you know, are one of the coolest things about the game. Uh, I felt like it was a lot more lenient for uh, still a very challenging game. Uh, we, we used to do these challenges that the, the Mega Man Network mm. site would uh, send to us for each stream, and they, they challenged me with doing Ring Man stage first. So you only have the, the buster, and you don't have any of the rush stuff yet, I guess. Yeah, but at 4, all you need is the buster. I, I would mm. say buster to, uh, Mega Man 4 discourages you from using weapons in general because it adds the mega buster. So now you have this charge True. shot, and it's actually much more effective than... than yeah, uh, special weapons in most cases. Like that's that's the game where I started really not caring about the weapons I acquired, which to me hmm. really loses mm-hmm. part of the distinct identity of Mega Man. And well, what is the skull barrier if not the leaf shield in a different form? Right. True. But you can you can run around oh, with a skull barrier, right? Like uh, you don't have to it, stand in place. You can. I think, okay, yeah. I, I could be misremembering. That is the. I think, I think that you is can the... move, but it can only absorb like one hit. Mm. Like it. Because mm-hmm. that and there's another barrier later. I think Plant Man. They're, they all behave somewhat differently, okay. yeah. but they, yeah, variations on leaf shape. It was then I noticed, I mean, I enjoyed the game, but it, it was then I noticed there were some, some like, I don't know, it was maybe lacking a bit of originality, or maybe mm-hmm. they are just kind of reaching well, for boss Yeah, ideas. it was definitely at that point where that's, they're like... That's the, where we have Dustman, so yeah. take from <laughs> so that what you will. Dustman, I'm totally fine with, because he is back to that, like, industrial, like, he runs the trash compactor. I mean, if they called him something else, fine. Well, but dust, dust is short for Dustman, right? <laughs> I see. Except <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, like, I like Toad Man. It's yeah, cool. it's like he does a little dance. The dance yeah. is good. I love but the rain as cute as it as it, as cute as it is to see a little like robot <laughs> frog doing a boogie, <laughs> like that that totally breaks the battle because you could knock totally. him out of that animation. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's actually one of the easiest fights in the entire. I series. just like that rain yeah, effect. It it's really cool on the NES. Yeah, it's a cool effect. I'm the easy to impress. Actually, music's good. I like giant hippos that shoot homing missiles. Those are cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my my biggest complaint about Mega Man Four is. One, I don't like the music as much. It's very harsh and doesn't mm. feel as melodic as the uh, the previous games. But two, the Mega Buster just it just ruins everything. Like it it really discourages the use of special weapons. Mm. It um it kind of drags the game to a uh, to a halt at times because you'll stand well, there charging up your shot so you can attack enemies. And also um, because of the sound channel limitations, it actually cuts out some of the music and makes the music worse when you have mm. the. <laughs> going it's it's uh yeah like it, it dominates the, the audio so it gets really irritating it's just it's not a bad game it just kind of innovated one step too far i think and it can't it, make it's, you... it's telling to me that that inti creates took out the mega buster and the slide but especially the mega buster for mega man mm-hmm. 9 and 10 mm-hmm. you do kind of become obsessive about having to always hold the button down mm-hmm. although uh, part of me is also like well couldn't you just treat it like the metal blade and be like well don't use it, and it becomes a better game. Hmm. You could, but it's it's a tool that's built in, and hmm. <clears throat> like a lot of a lot of the game is kind of almost seems to be built around having the the hmm. charge shot. Like there are enemies that take a lot more damage than than in the past, and that's like, true. It really feels like you're meant to use Although, the Mega Buster charge shot a lot. There are those moments. It feel there's sometimes it feels like it conditions you to use it all the time, and then there are moments where using it will actually uh, be a detriment, like the missile firing hippos. Mm. You know, if you rely on the charge buster, you're going to get hit constantly. You actually no. have to right rapid fire. resource management. Yes. Sort of. So, does anyone want to defend Mega Man Five? Huh. So, 
<sighs> no. <laughs> no, uh, no, I actually like five. I I didn't – this is the first one that I completely skipped as a kid. I, I just was – I think – I don't know. By four, I was like, uh, okay. I, I still enjoyed four and then five I just skipped and then by that time X was all uh, – by the time you get to the conversation about six, it's like, well, X is the new hot mm. thing. So uh, – and 16-bit systems in general. By the time five came out, it was like Genesis was fresh uh, – definitely oh, yeah. on your mind. Uh, it was more like – when I had to familiarize myself with it back for those streams we've alluded to, it's not like some big momentous thing. It's just that that's when I think both of us got really modern, uh, reacquainted with the games in a modern setting where we're adults yeah. and like really thought about them uh, back in 2012. Uh, played five again and finished it. And like I used to think it was like really difficult because, I, but I think it's just because I didn't try very hard. And when mm-hmm. I actually sat down and do it, it's actually pretty easy. It's really generous with one ups, so it I is. think like someone who wants to beat any of them, that's one to hmm. maybe consider because you'll get a ton of one ups just by course of playing. And it's just little things I like about all the stages, like Charge Man being on the train, and I, I like little things like how the Mets on the little trains that shoot three bullets at you. You learn like, oh, I I can shoot them, not break my stride, slide under that bullet, mm. shoot them, they'll blow up, and you can just like. Unbro- this unbroken stride across the it's the first one I felt like I was like digging into and that might just be because it's the first one I bothered to do that with but was this the one with uh, Gravity Man? Mm-hmm. Gravity Man okay, I love that stage that's, really that cool. stage is really cool and his fight is really fun uh, Buster only and also I feel like they refined the Buster in a way where I mean maybe nerfed it or changed it different. well I know they changed the sprite but like I don't know. It felt not as intrusive here for mm. some reason. Mm. And was this the first one where they were taking like fan submissions for robots, or was that Mega Man Six? Because I, mean, I know one of them, like the robots are given like designer names, like the person who did it. And I was reading that uh, it was I think, like a I contest. Think two actually was oh, the really? first. Yeah, yeah I they thought had. they did that with most of them. Actually. Yeah, in because Japan at least. There was a. Yeah. I mean, this was not related to. I don't think these designs made it into the game, but there was a huge like Nintendo Power contest, like. Send us your Mega Man robot designs, and that, like it was like a four-page spread with yeah. like like hundreds of them. I thought that was six for some reason. Yeah, six um, was the only one that had an American design. Okay, it, I see. Okay, got it. Yeah, and it was was which were the two? must have been there Yamato were, Man. There were two. Yeah. Like, there were two. I think that <laughs> probably were Nightman. I think Nightman was right. one. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm surprised one of them wasn't like Hamburger Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do Americans like? Oh, they like hamburgers. Cowboy Man. Yeah, I'm. I'm real. I'm so surprised there's not a cowboy, especially in a game that was all well, about like you've got Tomahawk Man with the Western stage. Yeah, uh, actually, true, maybe yeah. Tomahawk Man was one of the Western yeah. designs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I like uh, five. Is definitely one that again I would have like kind of almost dismissed it out of hand, been like, eh, yeah, eh. Yeah. But then as I played it more and more, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I like the stages. I like the bosses. Um, yeah, Napalm Man is like. <laughs> so bizarre. Here's our Vietnam level kids. Yeah, yeah. Ask yeah. your parents. Yeah, even as a kid, I'm like, there's not a different. <laughs> but <laughs> here's the it's little very man. specific. It's yeah. such a specific. It was tool. very sad when Mega Man had to burn that village down at the end. Well, that was a controversial boss fight. It, it was... actually was. It got banned in some countries. Really? Yeah. It actually. Wow. I was I was being facetious, by the way. That didn't actually happen. <laughs> Just to make sure you guys don't get in trouble. <laughs> No, but I, I don't know. I like those designs. I have a, I built a Napalm Man out of pixel blocks, and he's standing up at my desk. I don't know. I like, and he's on tank treads, like he's treads for feet. I have something about those. Because uh, nothing says jungle warfare like <laughs> tank treads. How does yeah. he smell in the morning, Brett? Uh, like the movie Platoon. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> incorrect. Like I know. It's, it's not. Platoon. It's Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
five was the first one I didn't buy. Uh, I rented it and said, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Yeah. I've, I've had enough. As a result, I never played six back in the day. Mm. And I feel like that is probably – maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I feel like it's the most underappreciated mm. classic Mega Man true. game. I really feel like – you know, everyone was kind of over it by that point, but they really took the time to m- try to be thoughtful in the design of the game, even though the the bosses themselves and the powers are kind of stupid mm. and the plot line is especially stupid. But it just feels like a really refined game. Like all the tricks they had learned, mm. they put together. Uh, it still had, you know, the Mega Buster problem, but the music's great. The level designs are actually really good. Mm. I need to go back and play mm. it some more, but... Um, I just remember finally sitting down to play it a few years ago and thinking, oh, this is this is actually really good. I can't believe I've dismissed mm. it all this time. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's it's one that I think is is primed for rediscovery. And maybe yeah. we can talk about that now, the opportunity for rediscovery. <laughs> oh, this is a great segue. <laughs> yeah, you guys are um, here because you're going to talk about the Legacy Collection. So why don't you tell us about that? It's relevant. I'm yeah, not just shilling. No, it is it is uh, remarkably relevant for a topic we were already going to do. So uh, the, the the stars aligned on this one, and uh, if you're listening to this now, it's it's the week of E3, and uh, or no, that's not the week of E3. Yet. The week, no, it's like the week the before, week before E3. E3. Man, still a while. Tight schedules here. Feels so soon. I don't even know what day it is right now. So, <laughs> uh, but no, we uh, announced uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection, uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC, with a 3DS version to come later. Um, Collects one through six, like we just talked about here, um, with with really a mind of like basically that whole conversation we just had, like taking the six games that started it all and give, putting them on putting them in a place where people can rediscover them or play them for the first time in this like focused like specific eight bit collection that also grabs a lot of like scanned materials and. Not just the manuals and the box art and 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 things you've seen in art books, but like brochures and flyers and like really bizarre lost uh, relics hmm. that uh, the developer has like scoured the U.S. to find. Um, and, and and I think there's stuff in here that like surprise a lot of people, and like, you can blow them up to these huge mm-hmm. uh, resolutions. But just the celebration of of all those games, kind of trying to put you back in the mindset of what it was like back then, the combination of all these assets and the games themselves and, and keeping in this cohesive look being one through six. But, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about it because it's been a long time since we've been able to really talk about these games and then Mega Man in general for, for a while. <laughs> uh, basically, since I, since I started in 2011, uh, we had Street Fighter Cross Mega Man, which was a lot of fun. But this is like getting those original games back out there. And I don't know. I'm just pretty excited to have them. On a, on a modern screen. Yeah, so so my question to you is, what's the value of this mm-hmm. compilation, considering you can buy all six Mega Man games on Virtual Console for either Wii U or Wii or 3DS? I think it, the, all six games are available on all three platforms. But yeah, they're, they're five bucks. So for 30 bucks, you can yeah, have it, yeah. have the, the full collection. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're 30 It's Well, first of all, it's 30 bucks, and this collection is less than that. And then on top of that, we have the aforementioned museum, and then there's also a lot of challenge mode stuff that's mixed in here, like sort of like NES Remix, where it's taking pieces of the game that you can play uh, for challenges with leaderboards, but then also like... Was oh, it kind of like the endless level in uh, Mega Man 9? No, it, it's kind of randomized? No, it's like... Uh, I mean, some portions of it will be like, you know, like here's a 
you know, we're going to bombard you. Like, can you survive this gauntlet? And it's like, it'll be the same pieces each time. Like, challenge 001 will always be this oh, okay. assortment, but it'll be like these, like, thoughtful, like, we want you to try to do this and do this with this weapon and do this with this much life. Um, and that's for people who are already really good and want to, like, really challenge themselves. But another cool feature is, like, when you're navigating that museum and you go, like, I keep getting stomped by Stone Man, and he, every time I get there, he just kills me. You can go and, like, read his little profile and see his art, but then also, like, play him immediately and practice that boss instead mm-hmm. of, like, playing all the way through or, get example, getting to the Yellow Devil and getting stomped again. You can practice that Yellow Devil, oh, and then wow. by the next time like you get that. there, you'll be able to, like, okay, now I'm experiencing it in isolation, and I can focus – um, so little things like that. Do you have to unlock those, or are they available from the start? Uh, like you have to beat a boss before you can get practice for them. Hmm. That I actually don't know. Hmm. I have a question. Um, yes. Looking into. Is there any like modern? Game's not finished. Uh, <laughs> is there any like modern functionality? Like, let's say I'm a big baby and I am about uh-huh. Mega Man One, and I want to finish it. Will there be like a save state system? I believe in, there's in save. There? There's okay. a save state per game, so Got you it. can you can uh, if you want to do creeping saves, uh, you know, do it that way. <laughs> I want to do my frame. The PC shooter approach. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's like I don't want to like sell it short by like, and that's that's it. But it is like, well, also they're not on PS4, or Xbox, or, or or Steam right. right now. So to anyone on those platforms, it's like, oh, I haven't really had access to these. Um, and then in, uh, on the 3DS side, it's like it's it'll be there afterwards. Um, but again, being able to take it on the go, and then mm-hmm. also still having the challenges, still having all that stuff for less than the cost of you know, all the virtual console ones that have been there for years already. I think 3DS had them all by. 2012 or 13, and we use had them all for over a year now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> will there be like display options? One of the big problems with Wii U Virtual Console is that the NES emulator is garbage. Like even, <laughs> even, uh, even uh, what's his face? Uh, he he, uh, Kamiya. Mm-hmm. has uh, been like, why the hell is the virtual console so terrible? And mm-hmm. even 3DS, you can't do <laughs> true resolution on NES games. It's right. always stretched out. So is that going to be a feature? Like if you want crisp like pixel-perfect visuals, is that so an option? the developer Other Ocean has this technology that they've built, and this is where I kind of get out of my depth, but um, they have a means to take the game and output it in 1080p, and the screens we've been like playing it on our TVs, like, it looks great. So when you get down to, like, nitty-gritty details, I'm probably not the guy to, like, well, here's what they did and how they <laughs> fixed it. Um, but I think at E3, those guys are going to be around, so, like... They can answer that. It sounds like the I just don't want to misspeak and like no, promise right. something. It, it just sounds like the, maybe talk the, out of my ass over here. The pixels are like scaled appropriately, so like yeah. that's essentially what they're doing. It's I'm not guessing. blurry. Yeah, no, it's not blurry. I can definitely say that. I, I mean, if someone it. wants a crappy looking filter because they have terrible eyeball, right. eyeballs, are they yeah. allowed to do that? Uh, direct them to the PS2 collection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge, um, because the game's still being developed well as we're recording. So mm. there's like it's one of those things where like you know. A feature will show up like like any game we're like oh let's, what if this was in here and it turns out it's not good let's take that out let's massage this idea uh, right now that's not there because personally I hate when they blur pixels like yeah, that yeah me too <laughs> it's like these things are beautiful and you can scale them indefinitely and like why nah. yeah but some people like to add you know scan lines or whatever to kind mm. of imitate the uh the look of a of a CRT in old television Selling and may I direct you to a $10 CRT <laughs> television <laughs> just look on like any curb like within oh, a yeah. five block radius, you'll yeah. find a CRT TV. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. You can do that. Um, to my knowledge, that's not there. But again, like I said, this is 
uh, still in development. So it, it, those kind of visual options might be in there. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure yet. So, so speaking of the PS2 collection, that had some of the like the side games, the weird games it like did. Battle and Fighters. None of that's going to be on this collection. No, it, it is just those core six. Because um, yeah. it because it, it's like once you once you do one of any of the others, it starts to become this different thing. Hmm. Um, like I I love seven. I actually think seven's really good, but. If it's just seven, then it's like, well, what about eight? It's like, well, then now eight's in there, and then now it's like, well, I mean, well, why not? Why not all ten games? It's an opportunity to get all those together, and yeah. nine and ten aren't available on oh, I know. modern systems either. That's a bummer. Oh, I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to write that down. Uh, no, it's like, I mean, I still feel like there's that original. There's, it really is trying to be this like time capsule, and that that also gets to what other ocean wants to do, which is like, it's part of this thing they'll talk about themselves, but like curating and like really preserving these 8-bit games like and treating them like this is a thing that should be cataloged and preserved in the highest possible format and made available and, and easily movable uh, around for the future hmm. and not like we're going to do this one compilation, put it out on a disc and like and uh, 10 years from now, oh, crap, we got to do it all over again. Like we didn't save any of that or write down what we did or, hmm. or whatever the case may be. Uh, a lot of these old games like the, the 80s like – <laughs> not, not too well archived. Not too well archived, and I think that's that's another point. Is like these these core six games are like you know, have a universal look, have a universal play style, and like when you want to have a, a a vision around one thing without like, well, let's also add this and also add that, and and I think adding the all the stuff that's in the vault, this museum that's there, like I spent a lot of time looking at that. I and even stuff that's like, that you've seen, like whether it's complete works or whatever, like the size that you can. See them on your mm-hmm. screen, whereas on like on a complete works art book, it's like one of like five pieces of art on the page or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's cool. But now you can like. I think I think with the last uh, re-release of these games, the last compilation was maybe twelve years ago. Uh, I think God. that those games were based on the PlayStation versions, right? Like they had that weird knob. Yeah, the Navi mode. I was just about to ask about that. And yeah, I, I'm yeah. guessing from what you're saying, these are based on just the pure NES games. Is that true? Or is there that that uh, PS One extras thrown in? So again, this like gets back to their what they've done. It's like they're they're taking like source and right. can manipulate it, but the degree to which I like again, I'm not. That's not my. Field. Got it. But, I mean, I but felt, they should be available to ask Eddie. Like again, I just want to be careful. About I feel those extras are frivolous at best, and some of the remixes aren't very good. I'm just curious if, oh, if yeah. that will make the cut or not. But uh, it's the, not a deal breaker for me. Yeah, you know? the music, like the remix music and stuff, and the Navi mode. Like I'm not sure. I don't like. I haven't seen it in the builds that I have now. Um, they do function when you play them. It's like the 8-bit hmm. originals. Hmm. You know, it, it's been the uh, the concept of a compilation disc has pretty much become. A, a relic at this point. Like, mm. when was the last time you bought a compilation disc? Devil May Cry collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Metal Gear. So maybe yeah. two or three years ago, last gen. Okay, but, I mean, those those two are kind of rare exceptions. Oh, yeah, You just don't see it very much. Yeah. Do you think there's still a market for that, or would people rather buy stuff piecemeal or just pirate it? I guess it depends <laughs> on how you categorize it, because, like, now we're in the era of, like, you know, X game HD collection from like two years ago where it's like Devil May Cry HD or the Master Chief, you know, re remastered collection. Um, those are technically compilations. Yeah, but they're, they're something else too because yeah. they kind of have the original game, but yeah, that's, that's not really the point. They're I mean, adding Master, features. And... Yeah, Master Chief collection is, it's, 
it's a it's its own weird thing. It's not a faithful mm-hmm. recreation or you know compilation of those mm-hmm. games. It, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, for some reason, Gradius Galaxies keeps popping in my head, but I know it's not really the same thing either. That was just a GBA game, wasn't it? Yeah. For some reason, a compilation. I, for some reason, I thought there were more on there. No, there was a PSP port that Maybe had a bunch of games. Maybe that's what I'm. Thinking what about of. like God of War Three coming to current gen? Yeah. See the, those HD upscale things is kind of what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. hey, we didn't make our system backward compatible, so buy yeah. your games <laughs> again. <laughs> Thanks. So you're not going to render Mega Man with voxels, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you want it, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll turn him into Vector Man. Just add that? that on, yeah. So do you guys have a – are just Capcom targeting a specific date for this, 2015, 2016? Uh, yeah, it is. It's 2015. It's not too far off actually. It will be later this summer I believe um, nice. with the 3DS one following afterwards. Um, but yeah, it's – I don't know. It's it's a game that I've uh, been lucky enough to like it being developed not too far from where we're sitting actually. Uh being able to like see it over the over the last several months, like when it was first up and running, and then seeing the museum stuff come in, and then being able to actually just sit down at your desk and like having them all in one spot where you're like, I'm gonna play a level, exit out, jump back into three, jump back into four, exit out, go back to the museum, try this boss. Like, as the first time in a long time, I just felt like I could just kind of veg in front of this one experience, and that might just speak to my. Uh, insatiable appetite for playing me- the old Mega Man <laughs> games uh, to have the I'm going to sit here and waste hours just like redoing the same thing till I get it right but uh, I don't know it really speaks to me and I, I don't know I'm really happy with it so far in the event this actually does sell people do say ah yes I want an anthology do you have plans for more in the future or is there something unique mm-hmm. about these six games you know all being on NES all being pretty easily emulatable mm-hmm. that means it's going to be like a one of a kind project uh, I mean there's no plans outside of mm-hmm. this one but it's like I mean like anything if they if it we, we tend to plead never say never on yeah. stuff on questions <laughs> like that I mean well, we kind of this is our plan right now we would certainly love yeah. to do more um, I can feel the, if it the, does well, the satellite narrowing its, yeah. beam, its beam on me right now I want a rock board collection but there's only one yeah. game right there. <laughs> uh, sadly um, but no, I think I mean Other Ocean, like they said, there this is something they're they're definitely into this idea. So Capcom has no shortage of great eight bit games. So I mean I would I I would love to see more. Like that's the era I grew up with and the one I treasured the most. So I mean I would I don't know I I'm the exact market for this thing is why I'm like <laughs> guys guys listen listen. Um, well, and for a, a pretty low pr- I don't know if we're saying the exact price yet, but for it's going to be a, a very reasonable price for what you're getting and for a reasonable price to have this in people's hands again and even people that have played through these games multiple times before i think just the idea of having this come out again it it sort of encourages people to give another look and then you sort of have this 
the swell of uh, what am I trying to say? It, it'll be back in the in the zeitgeist for a brief period where everyone is thinking about Mega Man again. Yeah, and which I, is that alone yeah. can make something feel more fresh and exciting. It's just to yeah, you know, everyone's cool. talking about it at the same time. We always um, try to encourage people to buy retro releases because mm-hmm. they don't happen enough right. anymore, and yeah. hopefully this will turn out great, and people will buy it, and we'll see more. And Mega Man 11. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ambitious. Get to work. Yeah. But that does also speak to getting in the zeitgeist is also like, it's, a, I don't know, having been gone for so long and not been on a, on a, on a console, on a TV screen with a new game, this is a good time as any, I feel, with with the new gen. Not quite as new as it, as it was a couple years ago, but still, like, people are still adopting in and, and mm-hmm. getting on there, and there's not, you know, the I don't know, those digital storefronts. I guess at this point there's a lot there, but it, it, <laughs> I don't know. Not really, not in terms of retro games. Yeah, I guess, in some reason, it just feels like it's a really good time. Like, yeah, I mean. It's been, it's been the combination of, like, it's not it's not an overwhelming market on, like, just digital-only games on PS4 and Xbox One. Combined with, uh, pardon me, <laughs> water lid, uh, just having not seen them in so long. So, like, letting people rediscover these or, like, just bring the conversation back up. Like, these are the games we've been referencing and you've seen the comics, you've seen the toys, you've seen the references, you've seen the crossover games. Like, here, here are the six things that started it all. Um, and we can go from there. Is this getting a package retail release so you guys can't do a PT on it? Uh no, this is digital only. Um, these titles, uh, the X- Xbox, uh, PS4, PC, 3DS. 3DS is later, but has to keep the, the first time the PC will get a good version of Mega Man Three, right? Yeah, or Mega so, Man Two. Yeah, so that, that's the other th- the other angle. I'm I'm excited as a as a Steam player myself. Like, just another thing to add, like to have that great treasure trove Ooh. of. Uh, <laughs> no, the the plot twist is that uh, Mega Man One and Three are the high tech expressions oh, no. versions, but only on Steam. <laughs> but are, are we getting fresh Chivos with our uh, Mega Man our Mega Man remixes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. think you have to, don't you? Yeah, yeah. By by video game law, <laughs> must. Are they are they keeping the the pause trick for Mega Man One the Elect Beam pause trick? Mm. I have used that trick. Yeah. Right. Um, but there's got to be there's got to be an achievement for use it for beating the uh, uh, Yellow Devil without that. Uh, yeah. I I don't know what the achievement list is yet, but uh, I hope so. That seems like a good one. Hmm. Uh, it's hard when you have oh, a game man. like this that's six things and you have to keep it within that 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 limit of yeah. certain number of trophies, certain number of achievement points. I mean, you could do like. Two points per achievement or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I've seen some some Drive pretty weird insane. weird issue. I've seen like one point achievements before, so it's it's in there. <laughs> that, like, Trophies is a little tougher with mm-hmm. that uh, that Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection. Like I, I loved that. I guess not every game had one, but there was only really room for like one per basically. So it's like all of like Fantasy Star two mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> or I guess I, I don't think they even had achievements in there. But it's like. When you have that many games in a collection, it, it, it you kind of wish like make it ten thousand achievement points, and then <laughs> each one of them's a thousand, and I don't know because that's cause, when you that's when you do the DLC and you get more yeah <laughs> more uh, more more achievement points for that. Oh man, because like I don't know achievements like when they first started and trophies as well. It was like it was, it was more about the points and the rank for trophies, and then it just be and then it, I'm at that point now where like I'm I'm over that, but I'm not like achievements are stupid. Why would a little bit of that's over. That's that's so two thousand nine. But it's more like 
I just like that they make me think of a game in a different way, or when yeah. I beat it, I'm like, I, I, actually, I, I, I'm I want gonna... to say I don't, I don't hunt for achievements or trophies, but the prospect of having uh, you know these classic games that I know kind of parsed that way, yeah, that's interesting, and I will actually probably go after those. I feel the same way. I think like achievements at their best, they prompt you to do something yeah. new, yeah. and if you yeah. don't do it, then there's no big loss. But if you can't sure. do it, it's like a little badge of honor. So. Yeah. I, I really enjoy those things. Beat Mega Man 2 without the metal blade? <laughs> that should really be one. Yeah, never fire one off. I want to know if that Mega Man 3 trick will work. Yeah, oh, I, I, I believe anything that was in the I old ones is they're there. They're being quite meticulous about preserving awesome. some oh, That's great. That's, that's what I like to hear yeah, in the compilations. N- there won't be a lot of uh, not going in and fiddling with and, and taking things out or... And like and A jumps and B shoots this time, right? <laughs> we'll make sure of that. Okay, thanks. Regardless of what controller it's on, by the way. Yeah. Mm. PlayStation, no jumping or shooting. Um, okay, so we basically have enough time to tackle one more topic, either the back half of the classic series or the Legends series. I leave it to you guys. Greg, you came all well, this way. I'm I'm happy to talk about Legends uh, to an extent. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Tron Blonde having just come out, I think it, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I did, I did say that we would talk about Tron Blonde this episode. All right, well, um, this podcast is uh, actually, I didn't time uh, pace it very well, so we're going to jump past the classic, the, the second half of the classic series. Well, we'll save that for another podcast. I would just say that Mega Man 8 came out on PSN. It did. Uh, and oh, uh, that's all. Yeah, you guys need to get 9 and 10 up there. And somehow. 7 was on Wii U, which right I was very happy about. So, Sorry. Um, yeah, actually, you guys have been really good about getting... Uh, pretty much all the Mega Man games out there. I don't know that I need two versions of Battle Network 3 on my Wii U, but I'm glad <laughs> but I have can. the option. <laughs> but you can. I can. Um, but yeah, we're going to jump past those games, save them for another podcast when we want to be sad about jump, jump, slide, slide, <laughs> and skip ahead to something wonderful, though short-lived, which is the Mega Man Legends series, which is mm-hmm. actually, I think, probably my favorite Mega Man Entry franchise subworld. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was one of those things that it wasn't what you expected. It wasn't what anyone mm-hmm. expected, but it succeeded so well on its own terms, and it really does represent this very small, very short slice of something that I think is really special and really unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, the Legend series was around for two years. Nineteen ninety eight was mm-hmm. the launch of the first game. Mega Man 2, Legends two came out in two thousand. So did Tron Bon. The spinoff, and that, that was it. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the the Mega Man Legends three debacle, but uh, that wasn't you guys' fault. So we won't hold your toes over the fire for that. <laughs> I have a question. Do we know who the one of the creative forces behind this besides Inafune was? Like the is there like a singular director so or anyone like there that? Kawano-san was director of one and two, and mm-hmm. I think also Tronbon. I might be wrong about because that. these are incredibly is he still with the company. He is. These these are incredibly forward thinking games. Down. So like, I want to give him all the credit. Basically, I mean, Inafune too. But man, this game was like Legends One was doing Ocarina of Time stuff before Ocarina of Time. Yeah, right? I mean, it was it was like Metal Gear Solid and Ocarina of Time 
uh, but it launched, you know, in Japan like almost a year before those games came out. It was it was really it was very forward thinking, like you said, and it was very different than Mega Man uh, and Mega Man X. Like it totally changed the structure. It had new characters. It was a different kind of game, and I think it was really hard for people to swallow that at first. They just wanted Mega Man in 3D because that's what everyone was doing, was taking classic mm. franchises and mm-hmm. making them in 3D. And then here was Mega Man in 3D, but it wasn't. It was different. But to me, that's why it holds up so well mm-hmm. because it doesn't just try to take something that worked in two dimensions and make it three-dimensional and hope for the best. Like, it's not a Bubsy 3D. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They basically said very wisely, like... That's not going to work. That platforming, we can't really do that. We can't make a tight, uh, intense, hardcore action game like Mega Man should be mm-hmm. and make it work with an over-the-shoulder camera. So let's rethink how everything works. And, you know, the, the first game is still kind of limited by the lack of a second uh, – by the lack of analog controls mm-hmm. and a second control stick. But even, you know, within those limitations, it's so good. And they were – I think they were – very thoughtful and ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. That game actually predates the release of Ocarina of Time, and they essentially had Z targeting. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, didn't it, wasn't, it wasn't as versatile as in mm-hmm. Zelda. Like, when you target something, you're rooted to the ground. And actually, mm-hmm. I never use it because basically you're, like, fixed and aiming, and things are moving around. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to draw a bead. Mm-hmm. It's easier to actually, like pretty much every boss battle in Mega Man Legends uh, boils down to you running in a circle yeah. and Shooting, using the, the triggers to adjust your aim so that you're yeah. actually leading the target a bit. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, like, it's it's kind of understandable that they were forging new territory and so yeah. it, it worked out like that. But, but even so, like, it did offer the Z-targeting and, you know, against certain enemies who were sort of out of the way and somewhat immobile, uh, it was really useful. Yeah. And you didn't have to worry about fussing with the camera. You just... Locked on, and mm-hmm. you got the shot. Also, you know, before Metal Gear Solid, it had in-engine animated cutscenes, and unlike yeah. Metal Gear Solid, the characters didn't the communicate. Move. Yeah, they didn't communicate with a head bobble. Yep. Mm. Like Solid Snake, you know, he just has like shadows for eyes and mm-hmm. kind of like a little smear for his mouth, and it's all with pantomime. But Mega Man Legends, they did a really, really clever mm-hmm. job of creating animated textures for the faces. And it looks really convincing. It looks like a cartoon, mm-hmm. a very blocky cartoon. But, um, you know, they, they took into oh. account the, the weird camera angles and the, the requirements that that would, would cause. So if you look in the textures for the game, there's all these, like, really bizarre mouths <laughs> and, and eyes <laughs> like that, that, you know, they look natural when you see them from the proper angle on the polygon models with the camera. But then you look at them just flat and you're like, Wow, it's a bad case of side mouth. But you know, they they really thought it out and yeah. they got the the lips flap lip flaps not quite synced up with the the voices, mm-hmm. but not bad. And uh yeah, the characters are very expressive. They're they're animated physically and also they have very expressive faces mm-hmm. and it took a long time for any other game to do that yeah. that well. I'd say even the blockiness, they, they sort of got to work for them. They built mm-hmm. this whole aesthetic around the limitations mm-hmm. of the hardware. Yeah, the, the Reaver bots that you're fighting underground mm-hmm. have this kind of Hayao Miyazaki look to them. Mm-hmm. Like they, all, they all have the Reaver They all kind of look eye. like Laputa or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they have like the single eye mm-hmm. and um, these kind of like angular geometric forms, mm-hmm. uh, almost like you know, like Mayan art or something. Yeah, like it, it feels like or, from a different time. Yeah, Greek vases or something. So, it, yeah, they, they really 
spent a lot of time thinking about the aesthetics of the world and how all of that should fit together. And then, you know, the world itself, Catalog's Island for the first game, that all fits together. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like these little separate dungeons, and then as you explore further and further into the game, it it's all becomes all interconnected, and yeah. it's this whole world, and there's all these secrets buried underneath it, and kind of unraveling that is is really interesting and really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. The expressive faces thing is like a, I didn't really think about it till now, but is an interesting parallel to back to Mega Man 1, like pioneering 2D action games and consoles, and then here's a game that was doing that for 3D and polygons for an adventure game. Um, but being ahead of the curve yeah. with eyes and a face that you can really like, oh, that's this character and that's their emotional state right now. We, we didn't mention it either, but in the original Mega Man games, Mega Man had like – everything had a black outline around it, right? right. So that was like kind of contributing to the cartooniness of sure. that world. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of games did that, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean um, <clears throat> Mega Man Legends predates cell shading, but it's kind of like a proto-cell shading. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean you even see games now using that style. Uh, there was one I played at uh, – Judges Week, I think I can talk about it, that's kind of like an endless ocean kind of game called Abzu. And it uses like this really low poly look that to me <laughs> looks like what Mega Man Legends should look like mm. in kind of like a modern context. Mm. Very stylized, mm. uh, lots of bold and flat colors. Uh, the character doesn't have an expressive face though. You just see her eyes because she's mm. in a dive suit. But mm. like I would, I would love to see a Mega Man Legends game kind of in that context, something along those lines. But I also wonder if I really want another Mega Man Legends game because so many of the people who worked on the originals aren't there anymore, and it's just a different world. I don't know if you could make a game that would work. But you said Kawano is Yeah, well, he was not the director of 3 when that was Mm. still going on. That was Mm. a different guy. Strike Um, one right there. Well, (laughs) like, I think, like, no one is making this kind of a game anymore outside of Kickstarter, like a Zelda-style game. I feel like that's not what is in, and that was what people, I mean, uh, Ego was talking about. He wanted to make a Zelda-style game. I'm sure Zelda figured figured into Legends as well, and I don't think people are trying to make Zelda-style games since, like, Darksiders, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm. I... You know, if you want to talk about the indie game scene where people are making their riffs on classic Mega Man and making their riffs on Metroid, I I think we're eventually – I think we're in the process now of getting to PlayStation-era low-poly game design. There's that one game. I think it's just called 1995 and it's about fighting a camera and bad controls (laughs) to steer someone around. I mean I I think Minecraft helped kind of make people realize, hey – Boxes are cool. <laughs> and, you know, that is more demanding, more taxing than creating sprite art, uh, especially if you're, like, really lazy and just do flash. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not fair. <laughs> some people do some very nice flash-style animation. Clay is great. Um, but a lot of people just kind of, like, slap things together and they're like, yeah, it's good enough. This is retro, ha, 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 but it's not very good. Um, yeah, the number it, of times- there's, a higher, there's a higher barrier to entry for even for low-poly PS1-style 3D. But mm. we are seeing people, you know, I'm seeing message board threads and blogs that are just like, yeah, here's here's animated GIFs of PlayStation games. Look how beautiful those were. <laughs> so I think it's just a matter of time until someone says, yeah. let's kickstart a Mega Man Legends-style game. I was going I'm, back and uh, playing like Echo Knight and Shadow Tower, like really cruddy-looking <laughs> old polygons, right. but I like them. They're like so abstract, and you have to yeah. like, like read your own meaning into them. That's why I like them.
was, I guess that that era is weird because, like, I guess already being like in high school, I don't kind of. Uh, what's a good verb here? Wax. <laughs> Ameliorate. There you go. That one. Uh, about <laughs> that. About that era as much, I guess. But but it is true. Like when when the modern era, when you go when you're surrounded by HD and all these like photorealistic and the color brown, it's like when I go back and play something to like capture a screen or or video. It is. I would never have considered myself thinking like, oh, those old PS One and sixty four games look really nice. Because you, a lot of people still want to like through the lens of polygons, like oh, it's lower poly, so it's ugly or yeah. it's less, it's less interesting. But it's actually like it's still in that it's like the NES equivalent, where they had to do, yeah. they had to get creative. And seeing yeah. it now with eyes that didn't think this doesn't look as good as this other polygon game, it's just like oh, they did, they had their own take on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I feel like polygonal games look different every year up until like recently like new tricks were figured out new yeah. shortcuts were figured out and it was just mm-hmm. fun to watch yeah. new tricks and things like that be tried out to try mm-hmm. to get some effect you know convincing effects yeah I mean Legends 2 looks quite a bit different than Legends 1 it's it's you know much smoother polygons yeah. it still has the same personality but it really feels very refined mm-hmm. more like more like the jump from Mega Man 2 to Mega Man X as opposed mm-hmm. to like Mega Man 1 to Mega Man 2 mm-hmm. Um, it just it's a much more sophisticated looking game, even though only two years separate them. Mm. Um, mm. There was just a lot of progression. But yeah, you know, just like there were lots of people making really crappy looking NES games and Famicom games back in the day, there were lots of people making really crappy looking PlayStation 1 games. Yeah. But the people who really put thought and art and really good design direction mm-hmm. into it made these games that were cohesive and stylish. And Legends is one of those, you know, you have games like a lot of Square Enix games like Vagrant Story where they had like fake rim lighting on the the (laughs) polygon models. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like some of that stuff, if you really stop and think like – they didn't have all the you know mm-hmm. the, the things we take for granted that are built into hardware now. They were faking all these visual mm-hmm. elements. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like there, there was a lot too. of what's that? Uh, Mega Man Legends Two has like uh, the first area you in has like the snow the snow falling and it, it seemed oh, like yeah. a really cool effect at the time. Like wow, this is interesting and like it was convincing. Yeah, they really had to work to create those effects. Whereas now it's just like you throw in the library element and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say it's easy to make video games now because look at how many hundreds of people are required to make a single one. Just that <laughs> it was a different discipline back then and they were shooting for yeah. something different. They were trying for – to be as expressive as possible as opposed to yeah. like can we keep the frame rate solid. Mm-hmm. And no one uh, shared anything. So it was just like how do we do yeah, this? Yeah, there were no common yeah, yeah. back then. No mocap really either. If you look at uh, – so replaying Misadventures of Tronbon, which you can do now because yeah. it's not – Hooray. Only secluded to eBay, but uh, you know, like the the RPG levels where you're going through the caves and you meet other characters, and you have this little pig-shaped tank, uh, and you can slam it into people just for just <laughs> for fun. And when you do it, they do this little freakout animation where they flail their arms and legs, and uh, it's just like marvelous to me looking at that now. I mean, man, that was just hand animated, and it looks straight out of a cartoon. Yeah, like the, you wouldn't see that in a contemporary game because you can't mocap that. Like, that's yeah. not how people actually move. They don't flail their yeah. arms like that. If I could kiss Capcom's butt for a minute, uh, I feel like <laughs> they actually do do a lot of great traditional animation. Like, the Phoenix Wright games, um, mm. they look really, really good, the 3D ones. Mm. And also, um, Ghost Trick, none of that was mocap. That was oh, all man. traditionally animated. Yeah. Ghost that's, Trick. Like, that's like a high point for, you know, game animation yeah. to me. Man, Ghost Trick, that ending. <laughs> it's too good. 
I think I brought up Ghost Trick like 500 times. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, that's, Ghost Tricks and, and, uh, it's and so Dark good. Souls. Yeah. If you could get a crossover, what would you do, Bob? Uh, dark, dark Tricks. Or Soul soul Ghosts. Wait, that's you're too just close. Being, <laughs> you'd just be in hollow mode the whole time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. All right, I'm writing this down. <laughs> um, oh yeah, let's talk about Misadventures of Tron Bond. That yes, was, that was such a strange little game, and it was. like if you explain it as the spinoff of a spinoff of Mega Man, mm-hmm. it sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah, but it was such a good game. And we were talking about this uh, on Capcom Unity, but uh, it sort of was sold as a collection of mini games. But yeah. I think even that kind of sells it short because it's really a, it's a collection of campaigns. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, some are more robust than others, but. Uh, it's not like Mario Party where they're just like little, you know, carnival games. It's yeah. When it when it came out, I was still that that the same aforementioned uh, retail job. And I remember when this came out, there were precisely two copies shipped, and they sat there till I quit three years later. Aww. Uh never. And and it didn't even register to me either because that's kind of what was in my mind based on the coverage at the time. I think like I was I be, I believe somewhere I was like, oh, that's some mini game spinoff thing. I was I'd, covering the hell out of that game. Yeah, but, I think that's why man, I bought was, it. Was because of Jeremy actually. Man, what was I? What was I doing? I was probably confined to the magazines at that place. Well, I, I will say that the Legend series um, really harkened back to the original Mega Man in the sense that they brought back the tradition of crappy, crappy box art. Mm. <laughs> like they had such great hand-illustrated anim- hand art in uh, Japan. Oh, and then in America, oh, yeah, they yeah. were like, let's take terrible polygon models. Well, <gasps> the, uh, yeah, the irony there is that those were literally on model as, as much as you could be. They yeah. just used the models from the game. Right, but that's a terrible idea. For it. I implore everyone to look up the Rockman Dash 2 box art. It is like the most it's, melodramatic it's and like so emotional. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. So, oh, it's such great, great colors. Really yeah. But then Japan. like Legends is the same way where it's like, here's a 3D model of this yeah. character. <laughs> But uh, uh, Tronbon had a Mega Man Legends 2 demo in it, right? Mm-hmm. I think I recall I think that. Ori- originally, yeah. 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 Um, the, the Japanese version actually has a unique uh, Mega Man Legends 2 demo that oh, isn't right. actual game content. Mm-hmm. It's like this, it's like this standalone, zero. yeah, episode zero, mm-hmm. where you fight Tron and her crab robot in a different context <laughs> than in the final the game. I think the U.S. version has that. Mm-hmm. What, what was the demo in the U.S. one? I, I think the, I the U.S. one was different. Are you mixing your time in Japan with your time? No, in- I have. No, I still have my U.S. copy. Uh, I got no, because the, the Japanese demo, there was like this village that you go to that is not in the final game, huh. and the American demo doesn't have that. It might have the battle with the crab robot, but I think it's oh, like okay, the yeah. the actual in-game battle. I remember a giant crab. Yeah, but yeah, it's like a standalone story that's completely <laughs> huh. separate from from the final game. I'm, I'm really sad we didn't get that. I'm sure it was just too much to do mm. the extra localization on it. So they didn't, and uh, I think poor it was, yeah. for the for the loss. It was a pretty limited run to begin with. <clears throat> yeah, and I totally like. Well, like I said, I saw this game sit there, and I, for some reason, I was just disinterested in it and didn't pay it any mind. Always assumed it was this mini game thing. And then when I started working there a few years ago, uh, Greg would always mention Tron Bond, and I was like, eh. And then when we <laughs> finally got it, like. One of the many things I do is like work with this uh, group in uh, coordination with Japan and Europe and all the first parties as well to bring a lot of these games over and, and make sure all the wheels are greased to make all that stuff happen. The documentation and emails and meetings, all the things you got to do to like line all these different things up to get the games out. Uh, and then the topic of Tron came up and it came out in Japan first and then we were like, well, dude, let's we should do that too. 
Um, and then we did. And then when it finally came out, I downloaded it on Vita and then had some time like over a weekend a few weeks ago and was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's another one of those – what was another game? I think Monster Hunter is a good equivalent where mm-hmm. like, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. Like I spent well, like a good 10 years being flat out wrong about something. 15 the, actually. The parallels, yeah, true, 15, the parallels yeah. with Monster Hunter don't end there. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm kind of envious of Brett. I would love to experience that game for the first time like I now. am really yeah. kind of enamored with it and wish I had more time. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I – yeah, I love – well, one, I haven't experienced that kind of PS1 voice acting uh, cadence mm. in so long. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm, you know, it's, a, it's a nostalgia trip that way. But then also just each of those – minigame is a, is a, is underselling it. Mm-hmm. It's like these three different mm-hmm. – or four? Four? Uh, let's see. Uh, so it's it's, it's the kind ac- of three. Yeah, Action, RPG, yeah. puzzle, and then free, free, which I guess is like procedurally generated dungeons mm-hmm. where you can farm for stuff. But like even just they're not, moving – procedural. They're oh, just, they're not? No. I love the RPG section. Yeah, like – that stuff, the puzzles are really, like, addicting, and I really just like the interactions between the Servbots and Tron. I like mm. moving around the ship and talking to everybody. Well, that has, like, the, the Metal Gear mother base mechanic. I was thinking this, like, this is years the Peace Walker. That. Yeah, oh, it totally wow. is. Legends. Yeah. Like, you have this base, and mm. you're cultivating it, and right. you're building up your little soldiers, mm. and you can uh, take them onto missions with you. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the Servbots are really what what really sets this game apart. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you're stomping around on a giant mech, so it's like a clumsier version of Mega Man Legends, mm-hmm. but then you have six little tiny robots who look <laughs> yeah. like, little, like little Lego people with you, and you have the ability with this beacon to aim at things and send them searching for it or, like, to, to send – like, sick them on it. So <laughs> they they can, you know, jump on a person and, and harass the person or they can crawl <laughs> into caves and look for money or they can climb up on light poles and jump off just for the heck of it. Yeah. Um, you know, they can go capture livestock for you. They're like and little pick- they're, like, they're like little naive children. Yeah, it's very Pikmin-ish, <laughs> whenever actually. I, whenever I see those stupid minions from whatever movie that's from, I'm like, yeah. they're servbots. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> yeah, but the, the servbots have this um, childish naivety to them that's, yeah. that's yeah. really cute. Like when you go to the farm and one of them says, Miss Tron, do piggies bite? Like, why is a robot afraid of being bitten <laughs> by a pig? That's stupid. Their, their voice acting cute. is really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The fact that every sentence begins with, Miss Tron! Yeah. Well, and the stuff good you're having them do is pr- pretty much invariably very sinister. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. rob this let's go bank, rob a bank using yeah. bombs, you know, and, like, blow up let's, these houses. Let's steal all the food from the island's docks. <laughs> you're, you're corrupting all these naive child robots, you know. But th- they don't become corrupt because they, they like... They're too, they're, they're too yeah, yeah. Like they, they'll do what they say because Miss Tron is their mother. But yeah. like they're they're not evil about it. They're just like, oh, it's time to do our work. Yay, I do. Let's they blow up they will become lazy if you let them, and then you have to torture them <laughs> in the torture room. <laughs> I miss those characters so much. Like it's been yeah. it's been too long. Yeah, and then it culminates in you know you at, at some point you have to designate a favorite serve bot. And then yeah. that serve bot becomes the hero of the day at the end of the game and, and you, saves the day. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then it gets punished as a, as a reward. And you can take him on gambling missions while Tron's asleep. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> they just go out and gamble. Well, and, and the, whole, the whole premise behind it, the Bond family is like kind of the villains of Mega Man Legend, except they end up not being really the villains. Yeah. They're just, you know, ruthless air pirates who... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like Team But Rocket. not that ruthless in no, the end. Yeah. They have some ruth. It does. It's a Miyazaki <laughs> thing again where there's like... It is. You start with oh, like... Sure. This some, game is so yeah. Laputa. I mean, yeah. yeah, like Tron is basically uh, Madame Dola yeah, or whatever yeah, her yeah. name is. Yep. Yeah, with yep. the, the bumbling henchmen, except like, the henchmen are tiny this time. Yeah, and there's a heart robots. of gold and in the end they'll come through. Yeah. Um, sort of. But yeah, so, so like for most of the game you're playing as a 14-year-old girl... Who is basically 
launching a campaign of terror against this little <laughs> island. This is a very so that she game. can so that she can uh, collect enough money to pay the the, the ransom on her big brother uh, to. Basically, because of a gambling debt or a loan, so it's like a you it, was, know, it was a loan like a mobster. To, it was a yeah, loan to build to the Gessel shaft, build the yeah. ship that you're yeah. using the whole game. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's really weirdly dark, and I guess it's kind of maybe it's a little informed by the whole uh, Yakuza thing in Japan. I don't know, <laughs> like that that sort of like uh, that dark underbelly to the culture. Mm. But it's just it's it's very lighthearted too, despite the fact that it's all so kind of. You're doing terrible things, but you're doing it in such a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really great. It's a really unique game. And as much as Mega Man didn't need a spinoff of a spinoff, I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, I I just assumed, you know, like Mega Man games, Capcom will get, just keep churning them out forever. So there will be more games like this. It's going to be great. But there never was. <laughs> the, the series just kind of came to an end mm-hmm. with Mega Man Legends 2, which – was a much bigger uh, and grander adventure, which I feel like it lost a little bit of the intimacy that I liked in the first Legends. It's a it's a better game mechanically mm-hmm. and much bigger and more ambitious. But I did miss having just that one location where everything mm-hmm. was set yeah. and, and really too, taking the yeah. time to explore that. Actually, had missed Legends two until uh, playing through it at Game Informer in 2012, and uh, I mean uh, that much space from when it came out, it just seemed very impressive to me because I only had Legends one in my head, which uh, it was more limited in scope. I do, I did kind of miss the idea of the whole world being interconnected, uh, but I think it's all in the name of letting them try more stuff and like mm-hmm. have different environments. Like you said, you have the snowy environment, you have uh, what is it like the there's like a tropical environment with robot frogs. Yeah. Because oh, everything's those, robotic. Those little kids that uh, you have to like chase around and they, they sort of taunt you. Oh, yeah. And there's like a quiz game with the, yeah. the really weird looking girl who ends up kind of being a character in Battle Network. Oh, yeah. Of all the character all designs All these pop carry culture over. questions that couldn't have possibly been relevant that far <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Yeah, Legends Two was uh, was really interesting. Like I said, it was it was really big, and the plot got. I mean, Mega Man Legends was pretty anime, mm-hmm. but Legends Two was so anime. Yeah, like it it starts getting into all the 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 backstory and everything, and like oh, humanity's dead, but it it um it also kind of starts to tie into the older Mega Man games, even though it seems like mm-hmm. it's this totally separate, oh, yeah. removed thing. You start to see oh. That's how it ties back into those old games, and the the Zero and ZX games actually started to mm, build yeah. toward that. I'm, I'm disappointed we never got a, a ZX three because it really felt like they were going to make mm. that link. But I guess that's kind of like that's a thing for Mega Man is like mm. we're building up to it, but then you n- yeah. never get it. Mm. They like to give you that little taste to keep yeah. you excited, and then that's well, like you in, fill in, in the blanks. Like in individual series, like. Battle Network and Zero in itself like have ends. Right. They're they're self-contained. Yeah. yeah. 
But and then, like you've never, we've never really gotten the connection between Mega Man and, and X. Sure, and we, we never really got the connection between uh, X and Zero because Five was supposed to be that connection, and then right. Capcom was like, "Ah, let's just keep making them. Who cares if we drew the the series to an end?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, like we never got a Legends Three or whatever, or a ZX Three. So there, there's all these like unfinished stories, which I guess is the nature of serial storytelling. Yeah. In a corporate environment, but it would be kind of nice to get a few, some some closure for some of these stories, mm-hmm. especially two since Mega Man Legends two, since it ends with Mega Man stranded on the moon, <laughs> and uh, Tron and and Mega Man's sister girlfriend, whatever that weird relationship <laughs> is, role are like teaming up and putting aside their differences to build a rocket to go save him, and that's that's the end. That's that's uh that's all we'll ever know. <laughs> Fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Was was Legends three actually going to address some of that? I, I... Uh, <laughs> I mean, inevitably, I think there there can be no Volnut if you don't get them off the moon. And uh, we had, I mean, we had teased that much. The, the, so we had this whole uh, web integration aspect that you may have caught wind of. We had the it was called the developer room, and it was mm-hmm. uh, on the U.S. side run through Capcom Unity, but. Uh, it was a website where we were recruiting people's ideas. Some of the ideas were implemented into the game. Uh, and we had this thing called the Progress Rocket. And it was just a little, I mean, it was just a little icon on the page uh, and a percentage number that was supposed to indicate uh, how far along the game was. But it was, also, it was using this in-game rocket, which was being built to save Mega Man. Uh, so, yeah, the, the implication was that would be where the game would pick up is them rescuing Fallen from hmm. the Moon. So rest assured, it was gonna happen. <laughs> do, do either of you ever actually get to play, like go hands on with the? the uh, I I did play demo? the prototype. Yeah, prototype, um, which did not come out. But uh, yeah, I don't know how much I. Well, I guess there was a Nintendo Power article about it. Yeah, I think it, Chris Hoffman played it. Yeah, he did. So that bastard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was go bug him. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I I came on right after. That happened, and then, but Greg, your original role, like you were heading. That up was a lot of the that. game that brought me into the games industry, um, and I, th- I may have benefited from that project more than anyone else on earth. <laughs> <laughs> but you also had a fun anecdote of how it was uh, to tie back to Tronbon. Yeah, well, so like, uh, when I went to the interview at Capcom, I, so they called me in, and I didn't even know what the job I was interviewing for was. Uh, they just told me in the vaguest terms, it's a translation position. And I had just moved back from Japan. So I, I go in, and the first guy I talk to, he goes, so do you know what you're here for? I'm like, not really, translating? And he's like, well, let me ask you this. Uh, how much do you know about Mega Man Legends? And I was like, that's weird, because I, I hadn't even heard that they had announced. They did this very uh, sort of casual announcement uh, of Legends 3 before they had any assets of any kind other than some sketches I think Keiji did himself. Uh but I was like, well, yeah, that was like one of my favorite games on the PS1. I haven't thought about it much lately, but I still have my copy of Misadventures of Tron Bon. <laughs> and he's like, wow, you're one of like 30,000 people. <laughs> so thank you. Wow. And I have a suspicion that that was like the, the cherry on top that pushed them to hire me. They're like, all right, this guy can translate. He seems relatively well adjusted. And he has this game that very few people have. Nice. So thank you, Tron Bon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's. 
Tronbon's unfortunately the only game that's accessible and available mm. on uh, any kind of current system, which is a shame. It's it's a really good game, but I really feel like it benefits from uh, you know being able to to experience the other games on either side of it. Do you guys have any? Can you talk at all about why we haven't seen those? Is it something that's in the works, or is it just like you might as well forget about it? Oh, the legends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like getting those on PSN. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it before, and it's kind of a known thing. There's just some licensing or, or some rights issues associated with those games. So it is one of those never seen ever things, but it's also it's been several years, and yeah. uh, but you know. We got Tron, we got Mega Man 8, X4, and 5. None of those, thankfully, had any things like that that we had to consider. But, I mean, there's any number of old games from that era and even prior that through some licensing or deal or voice acting or whatever it is that keep them in the state they're in. Um, But it is a thing we hear every day. So, I mean, I'm always uh, trying to find some way to keep that conversation going internally. But... Yeah, it's, for the time being and for the past, you know, ever since we first addressed it, I think, years ago, uh, maybe even before I started, uh, it's still in the same place. Yeah. Just I think if Earthbound can make it intact with Beatles samples still in the no game, one, no one, anything can happen. Knowing right? what I know now <laughs> about how everything works for real, I am stunned. Yeah. Like, and, I don't know who yeah. got a check cut for them if Paul McCartney, like, wandered up to Nintendo's headquarters with a, like, I mean, a big suitcase. That's why he sang the Destiny song because he's like, oh, I look video games now. They're really <laughs> yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But the, working on this side of the fence has, like, really taught me – how hard everything is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like in ways that people can't even imagine. But it's just like uh, in ways like I don't run a theme park. So I'd be like, why don't you just move more lines, stupid? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, turns out you can't just do that because yeah. one million reasons why. Yeah. And it's like, oh, why don't you – the biggest pet peeve is always like, why don't you just – Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of abuse of the word just. And like, it's like – Do this uh, extremely hard thing. Yeah, do this thing that's going to – yeah. So, and you guys want the same things they do. Yeah, like that's just, why we're yeah. here. Like that's why we have jobs is to relate those 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 requests, needs, demands, uh, and we get wins. And sometimes we get wins, and sometimes we keep fighting. Like getting Tron out is a win, and and I'm very happy with that. That next four and five as well. Like those were all things that really like happen in short in a short amount of time, and through a lot of people helping us internally as well to like move the process along and. There's no reason that I'm aware of they couldn't have happened prior. It's just mm. they weren't. Right. I know she didn't mention X6. Is that a so there's is a that song another licensing? It, there's a uh, song in X6. It's mm-hmm. always the case. Um, but it's like even those things, it's not like you can't or that it's not It's not like it's impossible. It's just like. Is it worth it? Is it Well, yeah. is it worth it? Yeah. It's like there's there's, there's always you got to make every, – every day is a bunch of decisions and it's like there's probably – like if we – this hypothetical. Like if, if we were hypothetically trying to chase down six, would we be having the same conversations about Tron? It's not like you can yeah. do all things mm-hmm. on They're not supercomputers that can run on all these different fields at once. Like people not can, yet. Not <laughs> yet. Not not for lack of trying. Um, but yeah, you can only physically exist in one place at a time, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, rats. cursed reality. <laughs> um, yeah, I would yeah. say our, the demand that we see for X6 is nothing close to what we see for Legends 1 and 2. Yeah. For good reason. I don't yeah. know if anybody <laughs> totally. cares yeah. for that yeah. one. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah. That game exists. So there, there's, there's always uh, 
It's like Smithers with his. It's don't think of it as one big job. Think of it as uh, <laughs> nine thousand small, small jobs. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's basically what it is. Um, but every time those things happen, like even getting eight out is like I I don't know. I'm really pleased about that. Yeah. Sometimes they creep up on us too. And yeah. Be like so, this is coming out this week. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like, when they, like, like when they announced the year. PS2 classics, we were yeah. both stunned. It's like PS2 classics coming out first two, God Hand. That, yeah, that was crazy because uh, we didn't we didn't even know PS2 classics were a thing. And the guy comes by my desk. He's like, "So God Hand comes out tomorrow on P- PSN." I'm like, "That how?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "It just you know does. the PS1 version of God Hand." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bought it. Has there has there ever been any talk of going in and? Uh, Porting or localizing or whatever the uh, PSP collections of collection of Legends and Legends two. Now yeah. that now that um, people are still releasing PSP games, weirdly enough, and no. I feel like mm-hmm. the the limitations. My understanding is the limitations Sony imposed on those are no longer mm. quite so strict. Mm. Uh, my understanding is that the that collection and like the Suikoden one and two collection mm. couldn't come over because they weren't different enough. From oh, the original PS1 right. games, now Sony doesn't really care about PSP. Kind of like how sure. like PS2 games, the the restrictions on those mm-hmm. slacked up after the PS3 came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything that's going to require localization. Well, I mean, yeah. the the localization for those already exists, but mm-hmm. someone would have to program that sure. the the new audio track and the new text into it. There, there's a lot more red tape involved when you're because that would essentially have to be a new product. Mm, be, that's true. Yeah. So the licensing for the there's all sorts rights. of. Yeah, ceases to become like a PS1 it has classic. to get a rating and, and, yeah. and all this stuff with the 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 benefit of the classics cuz these things are not cash cows, you know. They they don't really release you, you these say PS1. <laughs> they don't release these PS1 games to make a bunch of money. It's sort of a, a gesture of goodwill to the community as well as a way to sort of curate these classic bits of the company's history. That's how uh, I'm playing Suikoden. Yes. I never had and the Tron Bon, I think, it was bon, such yeah. a prime candidate as a game that's both really good and really rare and expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the benefit is that you can do that uh, at very, you know, low costs. And then uh, when you get into something like localizing a PSP game or collection, mm-hmm. you're talking about a whole different process mm-hmm. that's quite co- quite costly. Well, I hope someday people have the opportunity to play Legends and Legends 2 along with Tron Bond because mm. they they really are such good games. And like I said at the beginning, this is – like that series is just something really unique and special in video games and uh, kind of came out of nowhere to be its own thing. And I, uh, yeah, just um, some of my favorite games ever, uh, much to my surprise. So yeah. they, uh, they definitely deserve – some uh, some modern day love, but anyway, uh, our time is up for this episode. So I want to thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, thanks so Maybe much. Maybe we'll we'll summon us. you again when we talk about the second half of the X or the classic games and the X games and the mm-hmm. Zero and the Battle Network and ah, so much, so many Mega Mans, Mega Men everywhere. Mega Man. uh, but anyway, uh, thanks again for joining us, Brett, Greg. If you could. Uh, Tell us a little about yourselves, like where to find you on Twitter and social media and so forth, if you're allowed. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, we have our Cap Community Twitter. We have a Mega Man Twitter, um, Mega Man's Facebook page as well. Um, all of them just slash Mega Man. Um, yeah, we're all, we stream on twitch.tv slash Cap Community. We do some Monster Hunter stuff there. We do some Throwback Thursday stuff. Um, on Thursdays? On Thursday, Occasionally <laughs> on Friday. Um, 
Yeah, that's there's the I mean yeah, plug the blog to capcomunity.com. We have our own Capcom Unity podcast where we talk about basically the same stuff. (laughs) Uh, but less popular. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Bob? You can find my stuff at US Gamer. Please check us out over there and also something awful. And you can find me on Twitter at GameSpite. Uh, I'm on usgamer.net, of course. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, be sure to check out anatomyofgames.com where I've broken down the design and, uh, I don't know, just the way Mega Man 1 and 2 work. I I don't pretend to be an expert, but it's kind of, you know, just someone who's played the games a lot saying, hey, how do these things fit together? How do they they think about how people are going to approach these? So... uh, I don't know. I have fun writing it. I hope you have fun reading it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as for Retronauts, you can find us at retronauts.com on usgamer.net. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, other social media forums as, you, as uh, Retronauts. Um, of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us lots of great reviews on iTunes because that makes uh, the ghost of Steve Jobs notice us and approve <laughs> of us. Uh, you can also support us through Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash retronauts. That pays for us to rent out the studio, buy replacement equipment when it breaks, fly me out so I don't have to Skype awkwardly from across the country, et cetera, et cetera. It is very cool. Yeah, your your support helps make this podcast possible, and we appreciate it. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next week with a teeny tiny episode, but one that I'm sure you will enjoy. I hope to God. Thanks again. Thanks again.